This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Hello, Toronto. Golf Talk Canada Tuesday edition. Another beautiful, sunny day. Blue skies in the TDOT and greater Toronto area. Hope you're out playing golf. Yours truly today, on location, I guarantee you, I know Bob has some great gadgets at home. I know he's got a he's got his home studio for his sports center hits and and all the wonderful things we have in the TSN Bell Media family. But I guarantee you that my office today is better than Bob's because I'm overlooking the 18th green at the Legends Course at Woodington Lake Golf Club up here in Tottenham, just 20 minutes northwest of Toronto. It is perfect up here. Uh, golf courses are jammed, both the legacy and the legends. It's a perfect day for golf at Woodington Lake. And Bob, I get to do the show and, and overlook this great 18th green with the pond in front. And I bet you my view's better than yours. <laughs> you, I guarantee it is. My, I'm looking at a blank wall right now. But you know, uh, it's interesting. You said Tottenham. I forgot about that. Woodington Lake was up there. Do you know who lived in Totten- Tottenham, Ontario? I, I, I'll uh, okay, I'm assuming this is uh, not your cousin Joe, that this is going to be like a <laughs> no. famous person coming back. Okay. The only person who was born in Canada to ever win the RBC Canadian Open, his name is Carl Keffer, and he was born in Tottenham, Ontario. How about that? Unbelievable. Uh, don't <laughs> ever play Bob on Canadian golf trivia. You are going to lose Hands down immediately. Well, it's a great day up here today. In fact, I don't know if you know this. We're going to talk to uh, Phil Hidden, who is the head pro here at uh, Woodington Lake later in the show, Bob. But today's their ladies' day. Uh, the people here at Woodington Lake really trying to grow the, the, the female participation uh, levels of the game. They've got a no-brainer deal uh, every Tuesday for the ladies, and I'm up here today. So don't tell Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, Bob, if she's listening, that, that the reason I'm up here is, is it's ladies' day, okay? so I was just going to say uh, that. That's interesting. <laughs> you could have gone, you you, gone thir- you, we're on the air Thursday, we're on the air Saturday, but you choose Tuesday. Yeah, hmm, why is that? Hmm. The other thing, uh, you're talking, you know, a lot of conversations in Toronto over the last 24 hours about patios not being opened and people eagerly waiting phase two. There's no eagerly waiting up here, Bob. Patio is open. It is beautiful. Uh, obviously, uh, practicing social distancing and, and COVID protocol as they have been from day one with the opening of the golf course. But it is open. The food here is spectacular. They've got a big uh, Father's Day celebration happening on Sunday. So it's a lovely environment to broadcast Golf Talk Canada for you all today. We've got a busy show. And why do we have a busy show? Well, there was actually golf finally being played this week. Uh, the uh, Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. We have a, a tournament in the books. We have a winner. We will break down the action from the weekend today. Uh, you heard me previously mention, we'll talk to Phil Hidden, who is the head pro here at Woodington Lake. we got 20 weeks of TaylorMade uh, coming up this week. Uh, how can you win a Sim Max driver? Scully, we started a segment that was really popular that last week, Bob, and I know you will touch on this today. But the popularity of betting in the game of golf and fantasy leagues, we started Stardom, Sit'em. 
for your fantasy teams, who we will start and who we will sit for the opening round of the RBC Heritage, which is the event this week on the PGA Tour. So we will do that again. Of course, winners, weird and what. Busy, busy show, but lots of news and headlines. Let's kick it off with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. All right, Bob, we got a winner in the books. First winner in three months on the PGA Tour is the reboot happened at Colonial for the Charles Schwab Cup, and it is Daniel Berger coming off an injury. Uh, took a while to get his game back. His third PGA Tour victory, and funny enough, Bob, his third PGA Tour victory in the month of June, uh, previously a two-time winner of the FedEx St. Jude Classic, which previously was played in June. Now it'll be played in July as a World Golf Championship event, but back when it was just a regular tour event. Daniel Berger, a two-time winner of that event and now a winner at Colonial. He loves June, three-time winner. Uh, great to see a young player who was uh, highly touted, along with uh, a lot of other great players the year he came out, uh, finally find his way back to the winner's circle. Yeah, and I won't say he uh, he was a complete sleeper. He wasn't really on top of everyone's radar list, although you mentioned him on Saturday when we were talking about greens and regulation. I mentioned him because he had a uh, impressive streak that continues now. He's shot 28 consecutive rounds at par or better. That's the uh, longest active streak on the PGA Tour. But certainly when you looked at the leaderboard and you saw Gary Woodland and Rory McIlroy and Xander Shoffley, he wasn't the name that jumped out at you. But boy, did he play really, really well. And getting back to what you were saying, listen to the, these are the dates of his three PGA Tour wins. They came on June 12th, June 11th, and June 14th. And next year, the RBC Canadian Open finishes up on June 13th. So get your bets in early on Daniel Berger. Hmm, there you go. Also, uh, just some final notes on Berger. We probably should have saw this coming, and we didn't, Bob. I know he hit our radar Saturday when he was uh, you know, within striking distance, but he was you know, still quite a ways back, and I know he hit our radar on Saturday. We should have maybe been looking at him earlier on Wednesday. T4 at the Honda, T5 at Pebble Beach, T9 at Waste Management. Those were his last three starts before heading to Charles Schwab. So three consecutive top tens with the two top fives in there. He should have been on our radar. Congratulations to Daniel Berger for getting it done. We're going to dive deeper in the next segment into some of the other storylines that we saw this week at the Charles Schwab Cup. Uh, and some other some uh, other names. Excuse me, Charles Schwab Challenge. That's that old Champions Tour. Charles Schwab Cup popping in my head. That's because I'm so bloody close to 50, Bob. I can't get the Champions Tour <laughs> out of my head. And speaking of 50, that leads us to our next uh, headline, uh, which is uh, Phil Mickelson turns 50 years old this week. I will dive deeper into that in Winners Weird and What. But happy birthday to Phil. And great news coming out of the LPGA Tour, Bob. They are going to restart the LPGA Tour, and they're going to do it in Ohio. And this is key, because you and I reported three weeks ago that uh, they were restarting in Ohio, and they were going to be allowed to have fans on the course, starting with the Memorial. I'm assuming we'll see fans at the LPGA as well. So they're going to have two events. They've created a new event, much like the PGA Tour did. Um, it's going to be uh, the LPGA Drive-On Championship. That will be the inaugural event. It'll be a three-day event, July 31st to August 2nd. No fans in that one. That one's going to be played in Toledo. The next week, the Marathon LPGA Classic will be also in Ohio, August 6th to 9th, and that one 
will have fans. So they're doing very similar to what the PGA Tour is doing, and it seems like Ohio is going to be the uh, the big hotspot if you want to go watch professional golf. Two LPGA events and two PGA Tour events all right around the same time. Yeah, the flip side of that coin is 3M now has decided to go without fans, and that is on the other side of the memorial. Of course, Minnesota, the site for that. Yours truly uh, expected to be on location for that one. And it was announced that the PGA Championship in San Francisco will move forward without fans. So, you know, we've got some events welcoming spectators back. It's like everything else COVID-related these days, Bob. It seems to be regional. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, just to add to that, we talked about how great the uh, PGA Tour was with its testing protocols. Apparently that has now fallen down the line to other sports as well. The uh, United States Tennis Association just announcing that they're going to host the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament uh, coming up in uh, September, late August, early September, with no fans. And apparently is gonna, a lot of what they uh, did, the reason they did this was from what they saw with the PGA Tour. Yeah, we uh, spoke about it on our video podcast as well, how Jay Monahan and the tour is going to share the information and uh, kind of hand off to other sports of what they're learning along the way as the as the uh, sports league that really kind of kicks in the door to reopening, so to speak. Uh, finally, the event that you alluded to at the um, at uh, Murfield Village the week before the memorial has a name, Bob, Workday Charity Open, the official title now of the first event in Murfield Village prior to memorial. Yeah, and uh, that's not a coincidence when you look and see the uh, Workday has been involved in uh, sponsoring a lot of players on the tour, including Phil Mickelson. So uh, they're getting involved uh, headfirst with with their uh, sponsorship, and good for them for stepping up to the plate on short notice to back this one. Yeah, it's uh, listen, if you're finding anybody to cut a check and support anything these days, you're doing something right. And the PGA Tour never ceases to amaze me on how they're able to keep the tour growing and keep the sponsorships healthy and no uh, no uh, change here with the Workday Charity Open. All right, Bob, on the other side, how many storylines do we have coming out of the Charles Schwab Challenge? It is absolutely insane. Uh, short miss putts, uh, question marks with certain players, big names missing the cut, star-studded leaderboard. Is it the return of Jordan Spieth? I don't know. For the first three days, maybe that's the case. We will jump into it on the other side. Yours truly live on location, Woodington Lake Golf Club. Bob in his studio. We'll get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino on location, Woodington Lake Golf Club. Bob at his home studio as we break down the action from the weekend at the Charles Schwab Challenge. We've already outlined what this meant for Daniel Berger, but Bob, there are a lot of stories that we could dive into here. 
at the Charles Schwab Challenge. So let's start with winners and losers. For me, Bob, winners this week are quite clear. Colin Morikawa, I'm going to deem him a winner. I know he didn't win the golf tournament. I know there might be some scar tissue for the first time in his professional career with a short miss putt, but short miss putts seem to be contagious on Sunday. Uh, I still think this is a bigger building block for Colin Marikawa than it is scar tissue. I'm going to put him in my winner's column. Bryson DeChambeau, my winner's column. A Sunday 66. He, he looks like the incredible bulk. Whatever he's figuring out, whatever he's doing, whatever process the mad scientist has figured out, it keeps working for him. And I think the most important thing sometimes in this game, Bob, is believing in what you're doing. I, I say this to people all the time. I'd rather be on the golf course with a swing a conv- with conviction, with a bad decision, than a swing without conviction on, on a decent decision. If, if you do things and you don't believe in them, they don't work in this game. I got DeChambeau as another winner. And Justin Rose uh, and Xander Shoffley. I have listed as as winners. I thought Rose, wow, what what a bounce back! Um, you know, he wasn't anywhere near my radar. We didn't know what to expect. Uh, 63, 69, 68, 66, and and more than anything else, Bob, almost a chance to win it on Sunday or get into that playoff. I don't know how that putt didn't go in. I got Rose as a winner coming out of this. And Xander Shoffley with another impressive week as well. Those are my winners this week. I won't do losers. Let's get to your winners first. Who do you think are the winners that come out of this weekend, and are you worried about any kind of scar tissue on the short putt for Morikawa? Uh, I'd say one of my winners would be the guy who sells Bryson DeChambeau his protein powder because he's obviously going through it at a <laughs> pretty good clip. He said he was having five shakes a day, five to six shakes a day. Wow, that's a lot of protein in there. Um, so definitely definitely, I'd add Bryson DeChambeau uh, on there. I mean, I'm leaving out some of the obvious ones like Berger and uh, Morikawa, which we'll talk to in a bit. Uh, Patrick Reed I put up there as a winner. Came back with a 63, looked a little good too. We talked about the weight loss of Gary Woodland and the weight gain of, of Bryson DeChambeau. Nobody talked about the 20 pounds that Patrick Reed took off. So love him or hate him, he's uh, he's still playing good golf and and looking very good as well. Um, and then you know I think I think uh, obviously you'd put I think I don't know who else in my winners. There's so much, so many obvious winners out there. That, that you can put in there. There was it's far fewer losers, I think, in this first week. Probably Jay Monahan would be the biggest winner of the week, though the commissioner who delivered a great tournament. Yeah, very good call on that one. Uh, picking uh, Monahan, Bob. Before we get to losers, let's let's talk a little Morikawa here. Uh, another four days of brilliant ball striking. Um, it always comes down to the putter. Are are you worried at all, or are you curious at all? Maybe it's better for you the word curious and see how he rebounds from this. You know, obviously he's played golf at a very high level his entire life, uh, including NCAA college. So it's not like he plays without scar tissue. We all have scar tissue. This is the first time we've seen it from Morikawa on the PGA Tour. For him and Matt Wolf and Victor Hovland, they've had a a pretty nice start to their professional career. This is the first time Morikawa kind of had one hand on the trophy and really has no one to blame but himself for missing a very short putt in the playoff. Uh, what do you take from this? Yeah, I think when you look at it, too, you know, you can go back to that putt he missed on the 72nd hole, too, which was which was a make, very makeable one as well after hitting just a great iron shot. Um, 
if he's not already kind of aware of it, he, I'm, and I'm sure he is, but he's got to know that his putting is his weak link, and, and there's probably going to be times like that where going forward in his career where he's going to miss key putts. Strokes gained approach this season, he's first. Strokes gained putting this season, he's 125th. Um, you don't want to see a big separation like that, but it just goes to show you that every player has strengths and weaknesses in their game. It's just it's kind of soul-crushing when you do it uh, on a short putt or a, a series of makeable putts that you can you can do to to kind of lose it or take something away that you had a really good opportunity for, and and I, I think it's as as we were talking about earlier, I think you know this one stings, but I don't think it'll be a lasting a stinging effect. I think he'll he's young enough that he's going to be able to get over this, and he's he'll be excited to play this week at Heritage. And to your point, Bob, and something I completely missed and, and really forgot because my memory is stained with the three-and-a-half-foot miss in the playoff, that was a very makeable putt on 18 underneath the hole, uh, and it was not a good stroke. To, so to your point, two makeable putts back-to-back to, back to kind of end this thing or keep it going, and it doesn't happen for Morikawa, but I'm with you. I, I find this a little bump. He's just too good, and he's too good too soon, and he's uh, showing it. So I, I expect uh, good things from him. Before we get to losers again, I want to chew on this name. We have not brought it up, but I brought it up last week. The curious case of Jordan Spieth. 65, 65, 68, one over par, 71 on the weekend. Overall, I still think this was a good week for Jordan Spieth. He put himself in contention. Uh, he had a chance to win uh, through through three rounds, certainly. We get to the fourth round uh, on um, on Sunday, and here's the number that, that kind of really tells you the story here, Bob. He goes from hitting, uh, well, he hit seven of 14 fairways and scra- scraped out a round on Thursday. 13 of 14 on Friday, a brilliant driving display from uh, Jordan, one of the best we've seen in quite some time. He goes back to the 50% mark on Saturday and hangs around. But here we go on Sunday under the gun, only 5 of 14 fairways, minus 1.580 strokes gained off the tee. He was on the positive side of strokes gained off the tee for the first three days and then goes negative when it counts on Sunday. More positives for you on Jordan out of this week or more negatives in the sense that the story of him going backwards at some point on the weekend seemed to continue on Sunday? Yeah, the only thing I can take away positive from uh, Jordan's game last week in a, in a throughout all four rounds was his putting. Finished first strokes gained putting in the field. So, I mean, he did, he did and that's including with a four putt. Don't forget he had that, that four putt on, on Thursday or Friday. I can't remember what day it was. Um, I think it's it's uh, two steps forward, one step back for Jordan Spieth right now. I liked what he said when he came off um, after the Friday's round. He talked about how during the break he's getting less technical in what he's trying to achieve now, and he's going for more feel. He says, I want this to feel good, and I know if it feels good, it's probably going to look good, and I'm probably going to be in the right spot. So that and also just trying to get away from um, the bad mojo that he that he gets into when he does have a bad thing like a four putt when he used to sort of chew himself out you'd hear him talking to himself all the way to the next tee but you know he's sort of trying to say okay one hole put it behind me go into the next hole I don't think he's perfect doing that yet there were a few signs that he was a little upset but I think that's what Jordan Spieth needs to do rather than worrying about the technical side of everything and every swing. And once he gets a little freedom, I think, there and in between the ears, I think he'll start to play better. And I saw, I think we saw some signs of that over the last uh, four, four rounds. 
Yeah, and I think so. And, you know, and in Jordan in his prime, it was never technical. When he was at a heyday, it was something he owned and, and it was kind of his way of getting around and, and he believed in it. And under the gun, inside the ropes, if you don't own it, it's not yours. Uh, good luck. We saw it with Tiger when Tiger was going through the last few swing changes. Now, I know Tiger obviously wasn't healthy, but when Tiger's trying to swing the club the way an instructor is telling you to swing a club versus you owning what you do and being able to bring that under the gun. Those are two very different things. And that's why I've been thrilled with this version of Tiger, how he is just hitting shots and finding the answers in the dirt, a la Ben Hogan, uh, versus some kind of technical, um, you know, step-by-step process that does not work. It is still a game. Golf is half science, but it's also half art. The science part happens off the golf course. The art part happens when the game starts going. And I like the way Jordan's talking at the very least. Now we need to see it for four days. Now, to your point, Bob, lots of winners this week. Jay Monahan, what the PGA Tour was able to accomplish. The quality of golf at Colonial was exceptional. Uh, the way Harold Varner III carried himself and played throughout the week, uh, speaking about a lot of topics and being asked to open up about things that you know normally he wouldn't have to talk about. There was a lot of positives this week, a lot less negatives. There were a few. One thing you brought up to me in our video podcast was uh, the confession camp, how you found that interesting. <laughs> what are some of your losers this week? Not necessarily players, but uh, I know that was one of them for you. Yeah, the confession cam didn't do it for me. That was the camera that was off the 10th tee where players would stop and they could make a comment or they could answer sort of a question of the day. And it just seemed really awkward. They they sort of got, uh, I don't know, some strange responses from a number of different people, and that, that didn't work out all that well. Um, you know, I, I still think a loser was the fans not being able to go there and, and watch and provide the atmosphere. And I know the players start, at the start of the week said, it, you know, it was a little weird, but it, it didn't it, – didn't seem to be too bothersome as the weekend on though as they got into more of the hunt I think I think they missed the crowd a little bit more to, to either tell them what's going on on the golf course or pump them up or Gary Woodland talked about sort of low energy out there with no fans so um, obviously it's it would be much better to have fans but we'll certainly take golf in this respect without any fans if that's what we get so you know those are those are a couple of losers right off the right off the top and from anyone who missed the cut, Bob, because we had some monster names uh, that missed the cut, any of them surprise you or any of them uh, stand out as maybe somebody who needs to get it going soon? Uh, this was never a Dustin Johnson golf course for me, but that name leaps out at me. Sergio Garcia missing the cut. Sergio Garcia doesn't necessarily put in the hours uh, of practice uh, under normal conditions. I really didn't expect Sergio to be grinding it during COVID. That, you know, I, you would never sell me that uh, land at any part of Florida telling me that. I think John Rahm is a bit of a shocker, but he's a guy that's fueled off uh, emotion and maybe not having a crowd in front of him, maybe not being able to feed off the energy of, of 30, 40,000 people hurts a guy like Rahm and certainly a guy like Nicholson more than anybody else. But DJ is the one that really pops out at me. He's way down this leaderboard, uh, never sniffed around in the 60s. Uh, again, not a DJ golf course, but... To me, Bob, that's the one where uh, there's maybe a, a, a bit of a, a warning light going on. Yeah, the guy for me who um, missed was that was a little odd on this kind of a golf course was Webb Simpson, and uh, I think I think uh, the fact that he has five kids at home may, maybe means that he didn't get quite as much time to practice during the break as some of the other guys did. 
But um, but this was kind of the golf course that suited Webb's game. I think next week is even better, or this this week we're in right now is even better. But that was the one that sort of stood out for me. And he has played such consistent golf over the last little while. I thought maybe he would show up more towards the top of the leaderboard than the other end of it. Yeah, there is no surprise to me, and you knew you knew this uh, for me because I was kind of open about this over the last week. I was really expecting young guns to do well, thus my Morikawa pick at the start of the week. I figure if you're in lockdown COVID with family obligations and five kids, your practice time is going to look a lot different than a kid who's 22, 23 years old and doesn't have uh, family obligations and can, you know, uh, keep uh, sharp in this period. So I think it's going to take some of those family guys, quote unquote, a little bit longer to knock the rust off. We're going to talk more PGA Tour in hour two as we get set for the RBC Heritage coming up and we'll look at uh, some fantasy sit stardom angles. We'll also do winners win what coming up next we're going to switch gears i'm at woodington lake golf club live on location they've had such a successful start of the season the momentum in the province of ontario for golf is off the charts since the covid uh, ban was lifted and they were able to reopen under covid19 protocol i'm going to sit down with uh, phil hidden who is the head golf professional here at woodington lake uh, coming up next this is golf talk canada this segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino on location, Woodington Lake Golf Club, WoodingtonLake.com if you want to check them out. It is a glorious day up here. It is actually Ladies' Day for that matter. There's a, a Every Tuesday there is a promotion on the Legacy Golf Course that we're going to get into a little bit with our next guest. But they've had such a successful year. In fact, just uh, been telling me here off the air uh, 200 golfers, over 200 golfers on a golf course, on both go- courses today. This is a Tuesday, and that comes before uh, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So if you're thinking of coming up to Woodington uh, Lake today, you're going to have to do it after 3 o'clock. Joining me now, head pro- uh, golf professional Phil Hidden. Phil, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with me. What a tremendous start to the season. Um, before we kind of get into the season and, and all the energy in the area that we, that we were just having that conversation, uh, what is the uh, Tuesday uh, Ladies' Day uh, promotion? Yeah, thanks, Mark. So Tuesdays we've decided, you know, we're going to uh, try and get some ladies out here. So on the legacy course only, but it's uh, $53.10 plus uh, tax. That gives you your golf and your cart for the day. Uh, we, you know, we're trying to get ladies out here. We, we also have a uh, Monday nights. We, we have another event going on with the golf bunnies, which is another group we've had out here. 
Um, so really just trying to grow the game in the, in the ladies segment, really. That's what we're doing. And I, and I remember talking in the spring how the legacy course was also, you know, we're going to do some things over on the legacy golf course to uh, make it more inclusive, try to open it up to people that maybe are a little hesitant to come out and play golf, maybe some first-timers, some people that maybe to reintroduce them to the game as well. Because as you and I were just talking, if you were going to play summer hockey this year, eh, Tennis having a hard time getting out of the gates. I know they're, they're starting. Uh, but, I mean, golf was kind of, at, you know, one of the only games in town. Are, are you starting to see maybe people you haven't seen before and things along that, uh, those lines? Yeah, absolutely. We're starting to get a, a young, younger demographic, which is awesome for the game. We've also uh, we picked up some junior members this year, so we're actually getting some juniors out to the golf course, obviously with schools being the way they are right now, which is, is great for the game as well. And, you know, the legacy course is, is a little easier than the legend course. So, it, you know, it's good for those guys that maybe haven't played as much that can get out there and enjoy it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great to have both options here. We were talking about that earlier in the spring as well. That, you know, you've got, you, if you're a serious player and you want, you know, to be challenged and you can peg it up, you can go back a, a deck over in the legends and, and get enough golf course for anybody. Uh, but if you want to just, you know, bunt it around and have some fun, and uh, that's what it's kind of been all about here. Uh, before I want to talk a little bit about what, what's going on with the uh, the patio, because I know it's a big topic of, topic of conversation in Toronto today. A lot of people in Toronto upset they can't use their patio right now. They can't have uh, some of the festivities uh, that they thought they were going to have. You are you are having those things, but but before we get there, there's also things happening on on the golf course, and this is tough to do. Times are not easy. It is not easy right now to start new things and, and try to launch new ideas. For some reason, you guys have been able to figure this out. Uh, I saw the food truck initiative start. Tell me a little bit about that, because the first time I saw food trucks uh, on a golf course, you're going to laugh at this, it was about uh, six years ago. I was with my wife. We were at the Players' Championship at Sawgrass, and they started this thing called Tacos on 12, and it was like a Mexican-themed taco truck behind the 12th green. I mean, you couldn't move. By Sunday, it was the hottest place on the golf course. Uh, how's it gone so far? First of all, tell us a little bit about it, and, and how's it taken so far? Has it, has it been popular? Yeah, the food truck's been uh, a great idea. Um, obviously, we were trying to work around the uh, takeout food situation to begin with because we weren't able to have any patios and so on. Uh, so that's, that's got a great reception. Now that we have the patio open, we are actually going to take the food truck out to the legacy course. So that will be uh, positioned out there for the golfers. Um, you know, the great options there, great hot dogs, uh, great pizza slices. Uh, I know they're working on some other items now that we, you know, have a full kitchen kind of going with the patios open. So there's, there's going to be some other options out there as well. You know, it's funny. Uh, the other thing we were talking about off mic, which I was laughing at, you can't win on social media anymore. And this is, like, you just, doesn't matter what you do, someone's going to get upset at you. That just seems to be the world we live in. And you guys are, are kind of driving an initiative to engage fem uh, the female golf audience and, and, and say, it's come out to Winnington Lake, have a good time. And of course, someone had to reach out to you and say, well, what are you doing for men? This is sexist. This is wrong. What about the men? Which I just find absolutely just ridiculous, but this is the world we live in. Uh, I know Sunday you have a, a big deal going for Father's Day. Uh, and uh, on the patio, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's things happening there. But there's also other initiatives. Are you guys doing a men's? Is there a men's night? Or is there anything like that? Just in case this gentleman's listening right now and you want, and you want to let him know that, that men are welcomed as well. <laughs> uh, anything you'd like to get to our audience today? 
Yeah, I mean, we've been running men's league here for years. So, yeah, Wednesday nights uh, is essentially a men's night. Uh, so, so, you know, we're not, not discriminating against men at all. <laughs> I just right. found it's, it very amusing. It was amusing. I mean, we're really trying to get the, you know, trying to grow the game in every segment, whether it's ladies, juniors, seniors, men. It, everybody is, is welcome to our golf course. Everybody, want, you know, is here to play the game and enjoy the game. All right, if you want to book a tee time, go to WoodingtonLake.com. It's WoodingtonLake.com. There is a huge Twilight promotion as well throughout the week, and there are times available later in the day, even today after 3 p.m. Um, expecting a beautiful week. The weather is just perfect. Uh, Father's Day celebration on Sunday. Patio is open. Both golf courses, tickety-boo, food trucks, ladies' night, men's nights. Uh, before I let you go, Phil, I... I I would be crazy not to bring this up because you're truly Italian. You're surrounded by a bunch of Italians up here, including myself, and uh, we love our food. I just, you know, I am a foodie. We love our food. I have uh, never had uh, a bad meal at this golf club. The food's exceptional. How do you keep your weight down around here? Because the food, is, the food you guys pump out of here. Oh, he's he's setting me up here because, yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I had lots of exercise, I guess, but yeah, the food is absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't tried it, coming up here, try our food. Uh, it's spectacular. Yeah, and now you can golf, walk onto the patio, and eat like a king. Phil, thanks so much, yep. and thanks for the support on Golf Talk Canada. And at some point, we're going to get out and play golf this year at some point. Absolutely. Phil Hidden, a head golf professional, Woodington Lake Golf Club. On the other side, I'm going to welcome in Bob. We're going to give away a sim hat, and we're going to let you know how you can win a sim max driver on 20 Weeks TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Weeks in studio, Zacchino on location, Woodington Lake Golf Club. I want to go up and play this 18th hole now on the Legends course. Just <laughs> looks good. I'm driving it well too, Bob, so I feel like it just hit his big power fade up the right-hand side and flip a wedge in here, you know? Like, you know, I'm almost hitting it scully long, so. You know, uh, we've been talking about how far we've been hitting that driver, and I had another great driving day on Sunday probably the best of the year I've had. But the other thing that, that uh, I have not mentioned that's sort of taking into account is how I'm hitting the irons a little bit further too. I got those Simmax irons and um, kind of in an, in an odd way, I have to re well, I have to readjust my distances because I had a couple of really good uh, go at shots coming into some greens and not that I hit them over the green, but I hit them way longer than I thought. And at Weston, you always want to kind of be below the hole. But I was on the back fringe three times when I thought I would be barely just getting to the front of it if I'd nutted it. So even the irons going farther with Sim. Well, I'm looking forward to getting out with you and Adam next Tuesday uh, out at Glen Abbey with our good friend, uh, Mr. Lawrence Applebaum and 
Uh, I've I just I've been a long time since we have to go back to Carlsbad in December since the last time the three of us got a chance to play together. So mm-hmm. I'm looking, looking forward to that. And, and it's a great segue, Bob, with your SIM story because this week we are giving away a SIM Max driver during 20 weeks of TaylorMade. SIM Max driver during 20 weeks of TaylorMade. All you need to do is follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. So if you follow us on Twitter, and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada, you're going to have a chance to win a Sim Max driver. As 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer, right up to the U.S. Open, we're going to give away close to 20,000 in product. If you already follow us on social media, you are already entered. So if you don't follow us, do it now, and you have a chance at a Sim Max driver. We'll give it away Saturday on GTC Radio in our national slot from eight a.m. to 10 a.m. And this week, Bob, we got a little extra something. We've got Golf Talk Canada Radio, of course, today, Thursday, and again on Saturday. And it is Sim Week for Team TaylorMade on the PGA Tour. So if you tune into the RBC this week, the RBC Heritage, that is, you will see Team TaylorMade wearing the official Team TaylorMade Sim hat. It's a good-looking hat. Yours truly has one on as we speak. I wore it uh, this week in our video podcast, which is about to drop any minute on tsn.ca. And we're going to give away a hat each day, starting today. And today, how you win the hat is, why don't we fire a trivia question? Bob and I were talking about Daniel Berger off the top of today's show. Daniel Berger winning this weekend at Colonial. It is his third win in the month of June. Previous to this win, he won two times in June. It happened to be the same event that he won twice. We want to know what event that was. Hit us up at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter, at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter, with the name of the event that Daniel Berger won previously twice in the month of June, and you'll have a chance at some Sim headwear, official tailor-made product, Sim hat. We're going to do it. Today, we'll do a giveaway, another one on Thursday and another one on Saturday. Video podcast, Bob, that was fun. It kind of felt almost like our TV show this week. Now that golf's going, we're updating boards, updating top 10 in the FedEx Cup, and really not that much of a shakeup in the FedEx Cup this week. Sun JM still uh, still sitting hard in the number one position, followed by Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. Those are the top three, one, two, three in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, and uh, Sung JM is restarting after his long break with uh, his new permanent caddy, Albin Choi, who was a teammate, of course, of uh, Adam Scully's back in their high school days. But I think that's a really good mix. And I think, you know, as good as Sung JM has been and as consistent as he's been, uh, he could get even better with, with Albin on the bag. I think it's a really good fit. Albin is a, is a great player in his own right, Canadian amateur champion in the past. And just never quite got through into the uh, professional ranks where he could make it. And um, really almost joined up with Sung Jay as a matter of, hey, I needed a little cash. I was going bankrupt. So good for uh, good for Alden and uh, and good for Sung Jay. Yeah, good for them. And uh, that's a, a nice little partnership that has kind of uh, flourished eh, over the last little while and now seems to be uh, more, uh, I guess, more permanent uh, now as we move forward to RBC Heritage. Another stacked field next week, Bob. And, and we're going to get in, coming up next on the other side of the break, we're going to be joined by Scully. We'll do stardom, we'll do sit em. And uh, we were pretty close this week. You know, if you look at our picks, uh, especially our stardoms, you know, uh, we might have been off a couple times on the sit ems, 
But certainly the people we liked and the players we liked had pretty good runs uh, this week. I felt very good about, uh, about it from uh, doing this last week before the tournament started on Thursday morning. And then as we continued to do it with weekend uh, afternoon wave time slots on Thursday and again on Saturday, we'll continue doing that now that uh, fantasy and, and sports gambling on golf just seems to be off the charts at the moment and i know we'll get into this a little later as well in the show and winners weird and what but but rbc heritage again stacked from top to bottom and now the travelers announced that john rom has joined the field at the travelers coming up in a couple weeks too so it seems that everybody but tiger woods is chomping at the bit <laughs> yeah well if i had the house that tiger had with the tennis courts and the three golf holes and the all the s bells and whistles i might be lying there too just out in the sunshine, maybe having a cold one and a couple of hot dogs or something. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? We never. We, we could. We could uh, waste a lifetime trying to predict when Tiger's going to play next, right? Ah, you see, now you set me up, Bob, because that's where I was going next. <laughs> and I know it's a. But I was asked this question three times this week. You know, I do Knuckles Nyland show in Montreal. Uh, I'll do. Uh, I'll do Winnipeg. I'll do Edmonton, as you do. Like you run, we run the gauntlet of TSN uh, radio uh, stations coast to coast. And I was asked multiple times, when are we going to see Tiger? Uh, what, what, you know, what's his schedule going to look like? And, and I said that given what we saw at uh, the Players' Championship and what we saw was Tiger basically not play the players, which I think to all of us was an absolute shock. So if the players is no longer in play and, and no longer a must play, you know, all logic points to the memorial, but these things are not slam dunks anymore. So if, if the players isn't a slam dunk, that means the memorial isn't a slam dunk. And it also means looking ahead, okay, we've got WGC event, still not a certainty. You've got to think the PGA Championship is definitely a certainty. Are we potentially, I, I know this is crazy to think this way, but if Tiger plays the PGA Championship, and he plays all three playoff events, plays the U.S. Open and the Ryder Cup. That will be six starts in less than two months for Tiger Woods if he plays what I just said. Could we potentially just see those six events and nothing else? Could we potentially just see five events, maybe not doesn't play all playoff events? It's, it's interesting to see... Uh, to, th to think of that, I, I sort of had always thought he would play all eight, barring some complete collapse in the FedEx Cup playoffs or something where he might miss one. But I also I also find it hard that he wouldn't play coming into um, the PGA Championship just just for the sake that it'll have been you know months and months. It's a lot longer than everybody else because as you said, he didn't play players and you have to go back uh, deeper in the schedule to Genesis to, for his last start, and that's in February. Does he really want to go that long without? you know, two, possibly four rounds of competitive golf. I just think he's got to put something on the line before he gets to, uh, to Harding Park. So if you had to lay some action right now, Bob, and, and you and I both agree that, like, I got to think he's going to play at least once before TPC Harding Park. Is that start then Memorial or is that start WGC FedEx? I think Memorial is the most obvious one just because of his past record there, just because he knows the golf course, just because of his allegiance to Jack Nicklaus. So I think that makes more sense to me. Um, if he plays that one, I think that's, I think that's where it'll be. 
Yeah, and okay, and are you in my boat then too? Because I agree with you. I think if he plays one, it ends up being Memorial. Are you on uh, in the same uh, train of thought as I am? Then is if he plays Memorial and that's the warm up start ahead of the PGA Championship that that he will not play WGC. He's not going to play Memorial, take a week off in Minnesota, and then show up in, in FedEx. I say he plays Memorial and the next time we see him is TPC. I agree. I agree. I think that's that's kind of what I had penciled in. So that would be that's still a pretty heavy schedule coming in. And listen, everybody's going to be playing a heavy schedule. We know that there's there's 12 weeks left of this kind of stuff. 13 if you count the U.S. Open. I think it is. So it's 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 a lot of golf into a short period of time. Um, and a lot of guys want to play some of these big tournaments, and a lot of these guys want to get their, their games in order. A guy like Brooks Kepka has got to play to try and make the FedEx Cup playoffs. So there's a lot at stake here, but I, I think with Tiger, it's going to be Memorial, and then he'll go on that run where he'll possibly play uh, uh, six stops in eight weeks. Well, Bob, if there's one thing I've learned over the many years you and I have done this together is that if we both agree on something like this, you can bank that we're completely wrong and something else is going to happen. That's all I know. That that is just proof in the science. All right. I'm on location at Woodington Lake Golf Club. Beautiful sunny day out there. Golf courses are full. There is a twilight special. Uh, They do have tea times available after 3 o'clock. The patio is open. The food is spectacular. Come on up to Woodington Lake Golf Club. On the other side, we've got 60 minutes to go. Scully going to jump in and join us. We've got a roundtable on stardom. Sit em. We started this fantasy talk last week. Fantasy golf, sports gambling, just... Uh, a, a real driving force, a lot of momentum in the golf world right now uh, with the gambling and the fantasy, and we really enjoyed it. We had a great time with it. We're going to make it a fixture now on Golf Talk Canada. We're even going to bring it back to Golf Talk Canada TV uh, when we start back on GTC TV August 1st. Remember, I'm looking for the answer to this question on Twitter, at Golf Talk Canada, looking for your answers. What was the name of the event that Daniel Berger won twice in the month of June prior to this week's win at Colonial? He won, had two wins on the PGA Tour, both the same event played in the month of June. What was that tournament win? Hit us up with your answers at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter. You got a chance to win a Sim TaylorMade official hat that the team TaylorMade will be wearing this week at the RBC. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. If you're looking for something to watch this afternoon, 3.30 Eastern, 3.30 Eastern, TSN 1, Episode 3 of Off the Hazel. So Off the Hazel, Episode 3. We're at French Lick, Indiana. Dave and I play the Pete Dye course from 8,100 yards. And if Brandon Sweeney was here, Bob, who runs the French Lick uh, Golf Resort from a golf marketing perspective, he'd yell at me because he says, Mark, it's 8,102. Don't forget the two yards. I <laughs> sounds said, like a perfect, it sounds like a perfect fit for Bryson DeChambeau. Well, that's it. And I'm like, really? We're going to fight over two yards? 8102. We had a ton of fun. It's a great episode. 330 today, TSN1. We're back on the other side with stardom, sit-em, and 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC.
CHUM AM Toronto is TSN 1050, an iHeart Radio station. The NBA champion Raptors live here. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment TC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, and speaking of Woodington Lake, yours truly, patio side, Woodington Lake Golf Club today on location. Another perfect day for golf in Toronto. Man, the weather's been unbelievable. I do not recall better weather in a May or June in quite some time. I mean, at this point now, we actually need a little rain. Uh, Mother Nature needs to help us out a little bit here. I, I just The golf courses are browning up. I love the brown. I love it firm. But uh, I know some uh, superintendents around the uh, GTA would uh, love to see a little bit of mother nature help out with some rain all right let's welcome in now master producer himself mr adam scully the bomb maker as i like to say he likes to say hitting bombs because if he's out on a golf course making bombs we've probably got some uh, other issues on our hand but scully before we get into uh stardom situm did i see you on instagram at the royal and ancient dentonia park golf club uh, in the heart of the you know technically uh scarborough because I think it's east of Victoria Park, which technically puts it in uh, downtown Scarberia, mm-hmm. which puts it in my hood. And as the mayor of Scarborough, when you come to Scarborough, you should notify the mayor. Yeah, you know, I, I was actually thinking I should have notified you because I was there playing with our now mutual friend, Patrick Forbes, who's a new member at the Hunt Club. He was a member at Bayview Country yes. Club for a number of years. And it was my first time on the property at Dentonia, where the dress code is a little more relaxed you could say so uh, we took full advantage of that but in all seriousness for those who haven't been to dantonia uh great value for some great short game work and i i shot even par as well so it was fine too there there you go okay before we get into stardom situm i'm curious because i gotta ask you guys this because you're talking about something that is near and dear to my heart i i started the game at, at, at age seven years old at Dentonia. That's where my dad brought me. He brought me out to Dentonia at age seven and started whacking it around. I played Dentonia for a couple of years and I actually played it, you know, right into my teens through, through my teens as well. But I started there and then I was around, uh, uh, I'm going to say around 10. I graduated uh, as well. My father brought me out to Pickering Golf Club, which was then Seton Golf Club, and I got my first lesson from our friend Kevin Thistle. So, uh, <laughs> Bob, let's start with you. What's the? Do you recall? Do you remember the first golf course you ever played as a junior? Uh, the first time I ever played golf was on a golf course in Prince Edward Island called Strathgartney, which was a little par three kind of community owned and played there. But the first job I had in golf was at Scarlet Woods Golf Course, which is also city-owned like Dentonia. And uh, among my duties there, I, w- I used to clean the rental clubs, and I used to yell at people to keep their shirts on because it was uh, the dress code there was a little bit <laughs> a little bit more relaxed, too. In the hot days of summer, you'd see the guys just in their bathing suits and flip-flops and no shirts on, so we had to yell at them a little bit. But, yeah, the first golf course ever played was out in Prince Edward Island. That is fantastic. Uh, Scully, uh, what about you? What's the uh, first golf course you ever pegged it up at? 
Yeah, my first golf memory was back at the Unionville Golf Club, a par three course, yes. way way up north, and and I remember going to golf camps there for a couple summers. My sister got a hole in one there, as Wow. I believe a twelve year old, I want to say. So, and as she would say, not a big deal, just another day on the golf course. But it was a, a great a great place to start learning, and and par threes. I mean. Uh, it's, it's an awesome place to hone your short game, whether you're a zero handicap or five handicap, or you're just learning the game. I saw so many different people out there last night, all different skill levels, but uh, it was a great place to, to hone my game for sure. All right, uh, Skull, let's stay with you. We're going to go around the horn here, stardom, sit'em, and let's start with stardom. Just give me your stardom. We'll go around the horn with who we're starting this week at the RBC, and then we'll come back around the horn for who we're sitting. So who are you starting? RBC Heritage, Hilton Head. Um, this is a, another tar target golf course, another golf course very similar to Colonial, a hair tighter, a hair... Um, more, uh, I guess, cut off fairways in terms of penalty areas and whatnot that dissect the fairway that you need to stay short of, but still a golf course you play from green to tee. You play it a little back backwards. We're back to back weeks with old school golf. Who are you starting? Yeah, so this is a decision where uh, or Bob was very high on this guy last week, and that's Webb Simpson, who you know had some rust, obviously, last week at Colonial, a birdie-less opening round, an up-and-down second round, three birdies, an eagle, also made two bogeys and a double. He wasn't around on the weekend. Historically, ball strikers, as you said, Mark, have done well at uh, the Heritage. Simpson is seventh on the PGA Tour in strokes, gained approach to green, is putting up to 13th on the Tour so far this year. And in the last three years at the RBC Heritage, he's finished no worse than T16. Bob, I'm pretty high on Webb Simpson this week. Webb Simpson was uh, in the press conference this morning, and he had a really good comment. He said, this is the one week a year on this golf course where you look at the pin sheet before you tee off. Because not only do you have to hit the fairway, you have to hit the right side of the fairway to get a shot into some of these greens. And there's so much out of bounds and danger lurking. Um, that's a good choice. Uh, I decided to go with another marksman, and that's uh, Kevin Kisner. He tied for 29th last week. And uh, he is ranked 7th, sorry, tied for 9th in driving accuracy and tied for 9th in greens and regulations. So I like his, uh, his uh, stats going into this course. And he likes this golf course. He says that Harbortown... Is his favorite course to play during the uh, PGA Tour season. So when a guy feels good about a golf course, that's a really good start. And of course, with his uh, fine talent off the uh, off the tee and into the greens, I think he'll be a good threat. Mark, how about you? Well, you know, hard to argue with either one of those. Uh, under normal circumstances, I kind of like both picks. The the web one scares me a little bit, but that's due to recent performance this week. But under normal conditions, Webb Simpson is an absolute no-brainer, I think, here. And we all know how good uh, RBC guys do at RBC events. That's been noted. Anytime a guy uh, tells you it's his favorite golf course, to Kevin Kisner's point, and he, and he loves playing there, you know, that's a screaming sign as well. You know me, guys, I'm, I'm a bit of a horses-for-courses kind of guy, but I'm going to go off that this week. Uh, and not pick a guy that has necessarily won the Heritage or had a bunch of great finishes there, but a guy that I think found something or has been working very hard and the golf course still fits his style of play. I'm going to start Justin Rose. He showed me a lot this week, and I wasn't expecting it. I, I, he was actually one of my guys who I thought, mm, I'm worried about. But there's something to be said for hard work. He's been putting in a ton of hours in this COVID break. He's got clubs in the bag he's comfortable with. It's a mixed bag. A lot of it tailor-made from his old set under his old tailor-made uh, 
arrangement. But now playing with clubs that he can feel free to play with, not under contract to play anything, playing with stuff that he feels he can win, not a shot at any other uh, manufacturer or anything. But uh, those are, listen, these guys are uh, craftsmen and and clubs are their tools and it's important. 83% of his greens in regulation last week, uh, tour average, excuse me, week average last week was 76%. He was 83%, so a ton of greens in regulation. He almost won this golf tournament, guys. Negative 0.7 strokes game putting, and he almost won the golf tournament. But the reason I'm starting Rose is for one moment and one moment only. He had about a 17-footer, hard swinger right to left on the 18th green. Very hard putt. Not as easy a putt as what Morikawa had from underneath the hole. This is not a putt you expect guys to make. Rose knew he needed to make that putt. If he missed that putt, his tournament was, was over from a, from a chance-to-win perspective. He put such a good stroke on that putt on the 72nd hole, grazing almost the front of the cup, knowing he had the pressure, knowing he needed to put a positive stroke on it. That shows me a lot. I'm starting Justin Rose. Scully? Who are you sitting? Well, you mentioned putting woes there for Justin Rose, and, and that goes directly to my sit and that's Hideki Matsuyama, who has historically struggled with his putter as well. He didn't play last week at Colonial, so who knows what sort of game he's going to show up with this week at the RBC Heritage. Obviously, a lot of other players showed some rest last week in the first tournament back since the players see Phil Mickelson, John Rahm, Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, just to name a few. Matsuyama is ninth in strokes gain approach to green this season on the PGA Tour, but as I mentioned, his putter is routinely the worst part of his game. This year, he's 197th in strokes gain putting. You'd think if, if Hideki Matsuyama had a more consistent putting stroke, he'd have many more wins uh, on the PGA Tour. All right, Bob, what do you think for your sit-up? Or for your sit-up? Uh, well, I'm gonna go. F- I'm gonna I'm gonna sit a guy who uh, who actually didn't play too bad last week. In fact, he was low Rory. Uh, it's not Rory McIlroy, it's Rory Sabatini, <laughs> who was tied, tied for 14th last week. And so he's coming in playing pretty well, but I just don't like his game for this golf course. He is 151st in strokes gained approach. One of the other, the, one of the other um, ones that stood out for me that I really don't like is he's 176th in putting from five feet. And I think you're going to get a lot of those kind of putts around this golf course, just with the size of these greens and with the number of times you're probably going to be chipping up. You might not get it close on the first one. So I think uh, I think Rory Sabatini is a guy that uh, I'm going to stay away from this week. I'm going to go off the board with a big name, guys, and he did not have a good start. And I just don't think this is the golf course where he's going to find any kind of mojo. This is a golf course that is tight. It is uncomfortable. It is claustrophobic. And you are forced to lay back. So if you're a bomber or if you're a bunter, you're typically playing your second shot from the same spot. Uh, the bunter is hitting three wood to get there. The bomber is hitting four iron to get there or three iron to get there. But at the end of the day, their approaches are coming from the same position. I, I just don't feel it with Dustin Johnson right now. Even in categories that he normally dominates in alongside Rory McIlroy, strokes gain off the tee, he was barely on the positive side of that through 36 holes at Colonial. He missed the cut. Negative across the board in every other category, putting, around the green, approach to green, 
green, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained total. He hit it crooked. He missed greens in regulation. Only 11 of 18 on Thursday, 12 of 18 on Friday. It was, it's hard to really pull any positive at all out of Dustin Johnson's game this week. Two rounds of 71, no mojo, and really telling me that he probably didn't work very hard on his golf game during the break. That's okay to each their own. Maybe he's keeping fuel in the tank and getting ready for a big run that starts in August into September. And a lot of the guys might be doing that. But from my point is there's still rust to knock off. So if that's his plan, guys, if Dustin Johnson's plan is to have a big August and a big September, and that's when he wants to peak, that's fine. But this, to me, is not the week that that rust gets knocked off. This is still a week where there's a big possibility he could be 36 and done. Uh, it's just not his style of golf course. Uh, thoughts there, uh, Bob, on, on DJ? Do you think uh, do you think I'm offside or do you think we're still a few weeks away? And also getting to a ballpark that just suits him better. We're still a few weeks away from that as well. DJ just doesn't seem to have uh, have that mo. I mean, you can never figure out what he's feeling because his emotional levels are so low, but he just doesn't seem to have that big... Um that big oomph right now to, to, to kind of grind something out or get something going. And I don't know if it's his puttering that's giving him problems or what it is. When I look at his stats, I never really seem to figure out everything. But uh, but I agree with you. I think he's a few weeks away from, from kind of hitting his stride. He's kind of one of those guys that I could imagine when you don't have to play for – 13 weeks that he's just been sitting around the pool and uh, kind of enjoying life maybe with his boys or something like that. But uh, I don't know that. That's just what I imagine, to be honest with you. But I, I think this is not a good golf course for DJ. And I, and I honestly think if it wasn't coming back from the pandemic and if he didn't have that RBC shield on his uh, on his shirt, I'm not sure if he would be here. Uh, yeah, that's a good call right there. There is certainly a sponsor obligation, for lack of, of a better term, to be in the field this week, and, and you got to wonder on that one. Before we, guys, uh, before we go to break, guys, on the other side, we're going to talk about an interesting article that came out uh, last week that kind of caught our eye, and we said, oh, we want to chew the fat on this, because often you hear people talk about their handicap and what do they think the handicaps are on the PGA Tour or Corn Ferry Tour, and a great article came out crunching some numbers of what handicap indexes would look like with the game's best players on the PGA Tour. Before we get to that, there's a name. I just want to get a grade from you guys because there's a name that we have not spoke of really at all chewing about the Charles Schwab Cup. We didn't start, we, you know, we're not starting him. We're not sitting him. He's really kind of gone silent. Rounds of 68, 68, 69, 69. He moved from 213th on the FedEx Cup points list to 204, up nine spots with a T32 finish. I'm talking about Brooks Kepka. Going to go Adam, then going to go Bob. I just want you to give me a grade, A, B, C, D, etc. Give him a letter. What do you grade Brooks Kepka's performance this week at the Charles Schwab Challenge, Scully? Uh, I'll, give him a, I'll give him a B minus. I mean, some consistency there. Obviously, hadn't played any competitive golf for a number of weeks, but... With Brooks Kepka, if if he's not finishing last, you know it's um it's not a major week, so who knows how much he was practicing. But I think it's a sign of some decent things to come for Kepka, some some decent numbers. But obviously, uh, you know he wants uh, a little better. Bob, same I, to you. Give me a grade. I'm gonna give him a C plus, but I'm gonna give that mustache an F. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob, that is just so good. I'm just going to go ditto on both. I'm giving him a C plus, too, and I'm giving him an F, an F on the stash. Enough with the Dirk Diggler. Uh, that, that's got to go for sure. All right, guys. On the other side, what are the indexes 
of the PGA Tour stars, you might be surprised at what handicaps would look like in a net environment on the PGA Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. Zakino Weeks Scully for you in hour two. Lots to get to still. Winners, what coming up next? I'm at Woodington Lake Golf Club on location today. Check them out, WoodingtonLakeGolfClub.com if you want to book a tee time. They still have uh, room available after three o'clock today. Lots of specials this week. Patio open, food is great. Uh, I got to avoid the kitchen here, boys. I got to tell you, I'm trying to lose 10 pounds and uh, I know how good the food is here. So I, I'm trying to avoid uh, uh, the kitchen here today. Um, but that's a whole other story. Interesting um, article, guys. Uh, golfworks.com. I always thought and I always kind of remember, I don't know where I read this, and it cer certainly wasn't the Corn Ferry Tour at the time, but I always remember us kind of having the conversation back in the day that on the Hogan Tour or the Web.com Tour that, you know, the average handicap out there would be plus three, plus four. Well, these PGA Tour stats that have been crunched, and it's amazing. This is a minimum of 100 rounds from 2016 to 2020, minimum of 100 rounds, these numbers are insane. And the fact that these numbers, too, are based on round shot in tournament conditions. This is not out lollygagging it at the Bears Club or at Medalist with your buddies in a golf cart. This is tournament conditions on the PGA Tour. Some of these numbers are off the charts. Ricky Fowler leads the way on best index at 84 <laughs> Followed by Kevin Na and Tiger Woods at 8.3, Dustin Johnson and Keegan Bradley at 8.2. But these are plus eight indexes, guys. <laughs> plus eight is insane. Uh, Dustin Johnson leading the way in average at 6.5 along with Jordan Spieth. But, well, Adam, let's start with you. Like, I got to be honest with you. I was blown away by this. I never in a mil million years really would have thought they were going to be this high. I actually would have thought that you know, kind of plus six would be kind of like the the ceiling on some of this stuff that a plus eight point something in the best category would just, I don't know. I, to me, this is off the charts. Yeah, I totally agree. I was more thinking in the plus four range or so, but if you were to think that, you know, Mark yourself, you're a, a zero or a plus one that Tiger's giving you eight shots sort of thing, or Kevin Na, Ricky Fowler, any of those guys, it's pretty mind boggling, but it just goes to, you know, what the PGA Tour says and that these guys are good and uh, these guys are, are pretty darn good, it's but plus crazy. eight, plus eight is unbelievable. Well, Okay, so right now my index, guys, is plus 
And then my low or my best is plus 2.5. So I guess, you know, so going off my, my, uh, my average, my normal index, not my best, is 1.7. So if we're looking at the, the averages right now, uh, like, these, yeah, these guys would have to give me somewhere between five and seven shots. And let me tell you something. If the, the best players in the world give me five or seven shots, I'm still going to have my butt handed to me uh, <laughs> every time because, you know, my 1.7 more often than not, guys, comes from a golf course that's around 6,700 yards, 6,800 yards. You know, unless we're uh, filming off the hosel, I'm not going to 8,100. These guys are playing 7,400 on the regular. So not only are their handicaps bob off the charts, they're playing golf courses that are 700 yards longer than I'm playing, and I'm playing golf courses that are 700 yards lo- longer than what the average golfer is playing. Th- these numbers are mind-boggling. It's uh, it's hard to imagine. Like I know these guys don't obviously keep this, and this was a really uh, detailed process that this guy did to put this all together, to get the courses, uh, get the scores, get everything put in. And and I'm just amazed at when you come through and see all this stuff. I, I'm like you guys. I had always sort of heard the guys were – you know, the best was kind of some guy around plus six or something. And don't forget, these are just the indexes. These are just the indexes. So imagine what the actual handicap would be when you went to play against a guy like this. Corey Connors, by the way, comes up on this list. He is a, uh, his worst index was a plus 4.4 and his best is 6.9. So <laughs> it's, I mean, that's, he's, he's probably got the best handicap uh, of any player in Canada, I would think. I would imagine so, and I and I like you know it's interesting because we certain guys pop on top of this list at, at, dirt, at different places now that we can see best average worse, and you, you see how tight the variances are because you know when you're looking at the worst index, John Rom leads the way at five point one, so you know when you're looking at worst and the top of that list, these guys you know, and I'm surprised that the Jordan Spieth guys and Denny McCarthy are on the top of this worst list. Mm-hmm. Like they are, uh, you know, in other words, playing very consistent golf. But again, this is over a four-year period and, and four and a hundred rounds. If you were to look at Jordan's last two years, I bet you uh, this chart might look a lot, a lot different. Uh, Adam, anything jump out at you? What, what would, what did you digest there? Is there any uh, in your mind kind of an anomaly or something that you went really like head scratching like for me Spieth is the name here uh that kind of leaps out at me that he's still this high up even after the run of bad golf he's played yeah for me i'm just looking down this list right now uh, francesco molinari his best index 7.9 his worst 3.7 so there's a bit of a wide dispersion there uh, obviously he's had a bit of a wild ride since uh, the 2019 masters and sort of where his game has gone since then uh but i mean just looking at all these numbers like it's it's just mind-boggling you know even a guy you know kevin Nas had a, a very respectable pga tour career but you wouldn't think that he'd be second on this list only behind ricky fowler at with an 8.3 index as mm-hmm. his best index i'm sure people listening you know, in the Toronto area and coast to coast, you know, who are a regular, uh, you know, a six handicap or a seven handicap. These guys are plus eights and plus nines and plus tens. It's uh, it's just surreal, really. You know, you know the other interesting so part of this. Your... Sorry, Mark, I was going to say the other interesting part of this is don't forget the conditions these guys are playing every week compared to what we're playing, right? Imagine the difference in terms of the grooming of the golf courses, uh, the setup, the speed of the greens, the pin locations. I mean, we're not playing anything close to that. Imagine if they came out and played 
Bayview or Western or, or, or the Hunt Club day in and day out. Imagine what their numbers would go to after that. It would they would just eat it alive, and like I said, Bob, to your point, off the top of this segment, tournament conditions, and it's not just length. To your point, it's not just the fact that they're playing seventy four hundred each week, seventy three hundred each week. It's it's all those things that go along with it. Before we wrap this, boys, uh, quickly, uh, Adam, are you uh, at your best right now, cap wise? I know we're working under a new handicap system uh, in the world with the world handicap system, and most players' handicaps have come down. Are you currently at the best index you've ever been at? You know, I'm not. I'm currently a 4.8, and my low a couple of years ago was a 3.9. I'm hoping to be below a 3.9 maybe after uh, in the next uh, month or so. I'm seeing some good scores and trending in the right direction. Just have to eliminate some some foul ball bombs, maybe just some straight <laughs> bombs this time. Maybe I should have six protein shakes a day like Bryson and just see what happens. But uh, I'm getting there, Mark, but not uh, not the lowest of all time just yet. Where are you historically, Bob? Because, uh, like I said, a lot of my friends were like, "Oh my God, this new system, my handicaps crashed." You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm right now at a at a very comfortable 11. I can I can play uh, I can play at, at an 11 fairly well if I want to do that. That's a good number. I had a good round on Sunday, which dropped me down a little bit, but uh, I like I like playing that number because I can uh, I can usually win a few dollars. It's not it's not such a terrible number for me, so I like that one right now. But it's probably based on the last couple of outings and the new and the new gear. It's probably scheduled to go down just a little bit. Nice. Well, Weeksy dangerously flirting with single digits in the factor category. <laughs> Going to be interesting. That's a story we'll have to cover throughout the summer here on Golf Talk. Oh, and yes. on the other side, our favorite, it is 3-Dub. Winners, weird, and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations, whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday. Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. A beautiful Tuesday to play golf. I'm at Woodington Lake Golf Club. It is rocking. The patio is open. I failed avoiding the kitchen. I ate an entire chicken parmigiana in a four-minute break. Unbelievable <laughs> how I consumed that in four minutes. Uh, it's not going so. Bob, before we get into Winners Weird and What, I just received a text from our good friend Craig Lockery from Golf Talk Canada, excuse me, from Golf Canada and Golf Ontario. He said he flagged the note, Bob Weeks suggesting I'm comfortable at an 11. He's building a Bob Weeks file. You've been flagged in the handicap uh, system in Golf Canada. Okay, I just, uh -oh. just want to let you know, you got to be very careful what you say. You never know who is listening, right? That's just, there you go. All right, guys, it is that time. It is winners, weird, and what, and Bob, the tea is yours. 
So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Well, last week at the Charles Schwab Challenge, we had the inaugural uh, player mic'd up scenario with uh, Ricky Fowler donning the microphone, and there was a bit of a confusion afterwards. Uh, we did get some good stuff out of Ricky talking to his caddy t- in a couple of spurts, but uh, Jim Nance came on and said that every other player on the PGA turn- turned them down, and um, Adam Hadwin decided to speak up and say, hey, hey, that's not true. I actually said I would agree to wear a microphone. You asked me, and I did that 12 days ago, and uh, I didn't hear back from you. And Mackenzie Hughes actually never even got asked, so not every player got asked. But the winner is that Adam Hadwin is going to wear one this weekend. So he's going to, or this week, I don't know if it'll be the weekend, but it'll start off on <laughs> Thursday, Friday. Adam Hadwin will be mic'd up. And I think it's going to be interesting to hear what he has to say. Um, he's not going to hold back. He said he's just going to be honest. And he's going to try and forget where he where he is and what he's doing and just kind of be like a normal, uh, regular stuff. So there might be a few, uh, they might have to bleep a few things out here and there, I suppose, but uh, especially if he gets off a little bit. But I don't know, Adam, what what, what do you think about uh, Adam Hadwin hearing from him? I think it's great that Adam Hadwin is is taking this initiative and, and going to be mic'd up. I'll, you know, when, when people initially hear that players are going to be mic'd up, I think the, the thought at first is that they're going to hear the players' conversations in the fairway, what, are, what they're talking about. I don't really think many people actually care about that. It's as you were saying, you know, discussing strategy with this caddy, whether he's going to you know, land it in the front of the green and let it pitch up or if he's going to you know, hit a spinner or that sort of thing. Uh, Hadwin is known to have maybe a bit of a hot temper here and there. So as you said, Bob, maybe the seven-second delay might have to come into play at some <laughs> points. But <laughs> it'll be exciting to see uh, Hadwin um, with the mic on, and hopefully he can have a, a good tournament as well. Let's hope so. Uh, my weird this week is the TV ratings for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Now, our good friend Michael Toast said he thought they would rival a major championship. And when you looked at the field and you looked at the fact that it was the first week back and you looked at the fact that there was no other real live sports going up against it, um, you know, we thought they'd be huge. And they were pretty good. They were up 50%. The final round was up 50% over last year's Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, but they weren't necessarily as big as everyone thought. They dropped, uh, they brought in a 2.1 rating, which is just a little over 3 million viewers. Now, it was going up against NASCAR, but NASCAR was in a rain delay. And on a couple of other channels, it was going up against the Beverly Hills Dog Show and a uh, <laughs> dance program called Last Dance. And um, it managed to beat those two. But I think they were calling for a little bit more. They were thinking there might be a little bit more. I don't know, Mark. Do you think maybe it's just because everybody's been cooped up and now the weather's nice and everybody wants to go outside, so maybe they didn't want to sit in and watch golf? Is that probably a reason? I think there's a few things going on here, Bob. One, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The the world is open. The weather is here. People want to get outside. We know the participation numbers in the game are through the roof right now. So a lot of people are out there enjoying the sunshine and playing golf. Secondly, if you combine the dog competition with the dance competition, now you've got a ratings winner. Okay, so they missed the boat on that. And uh, thirdly and finally, Regardless of how the quality of the field is and regardless how there is less to watch, you can never say things like use majors and stuff like that because you can't fake history. You can't fake care. The majors are a major for a reason. So, But uh, I'm with you, Bob. I think getting out and playing golf is a big factor right now. 
All right. My what this week is that Golf Canada, what a sad day it is because Golf Canada yesterday canceled all the amateur championships in this country for 2020. And it's sad for a lot of reasons. I just feel sorry for all the young amateur golfers out there, you know, juniors, uh, even the senior, I shouldn't, shouldn't say all young there because some of them are the senior championships and we got a lot of great senior golfers here, especially in the women's ranks. Um, but it's also, you know, guys who've had probably peaked. This might be their last year before they're thinking of turning professional, their last chance to win a Canadian amateur, both males and male and female classifications there. So it's a sad time um, for uh, for all to uh, all the great amateur golfers in this country and guys who are career amateurs like Garrett Rank as well. He may not have had any more room on his trophy case, but I'm sure he's missing the, the Canadian amateur. All right, Mark, the T is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, my winner, guys, happy birthday. Today, June 16th, <laughs> Phil Mickelson, lefty, uh, he turns 50 years old. And I just think of all the thrills that Phil has given us over the years. Turned professional guys in 1992. You know, he won a professional event on the PGA Tour as an amateur. Uh, historical run on Ryder Cup teams, President's Cups teams, five majors during the Tiger era. Uh, just so impressive to do that against Tiger in his prime. Back in 2006, was really the number one player in the world. The, the official world golf rankings won't say it, but in, in 2006, he was the number one player in the world when he missed that fairway on the 72nd hole, going for three majors in a row at Wingfoot. Um, you know, six second place finishes at a U.S. Open. You know, if you include every era in the game of golf, he's probably not top 10. He's probably somewhere between 11 and 15 all-time greatest players if you include the Golden Age. If you remove the Golden Age and just do modern players, he's, he's definitely in the top 10. Bob, uh, he has just given us so much. And in a way, you know, there's only one Arnie. And the and a bit of a torchbearer for the Arnie's Army. He was Mr. Personality, and I tell you, I've been to so many tournaments where you've seen Phil, especially at majors, where he will stop and literally for an hour sign autographs by a fence or by a post or, or something, and, and fans just seem to love Phil. There were some, obviously, who didn't like him, especially in his earlier days, but I think he's become uh, more of an every guy person for, for all fans now. But what a career he's had, and, uh, and it's a long way from over. Yeah, uh, certainly a guy that we still feel I think is going to compete in his 50s on the regular tour. My weird this week, Daniel Berger gets it done this week. I talked to you about Justin Rose when we did sit him, start him, and how important it is to believe in the clubs in your bag. Daniel Berger won this weekend with a set of 2012 tailor-made tour-preferred MC irons. Now, we know... <laughs> If Nick's listening right now or any of our friends at TaylorMade, they're going either, way to go, Zucchino, pump the TaylorMade irons, or going, shut up, Zucchino, we want to sell the new stuff. <laughs> new stuff, because I say this is great, because there are great products all over the place, and you know, I, you know me, I've been a part of the Team TaylorMade family now for over 10 years, and I love, absolutely love 
uh, my tailor-made golf clubs. But I'm finicky guy, Adam. You know, I'm not as quick to change as everybody else. Sometimes, uh, you know, the guys will look in my bag and go, what are you doing carrying that? That thing's four years old. I'll go, you know, I love it. It does exactly Mm -hmm. what I needed to do. I trust it. I am not a guy to quickly flip. That's why when I come on national radio and tell you that I'm hitting it 10 yards further with my SIM driver and it's in my bag, you better believe it because I wouldn't put it there if it wasn't doing that. Here we are, 2012 TaylorMade Irons. Uh, Kind of funny, no? Yeah, definitely pretty funny and good for Daniel Berger, of course. You'll remember Nick Taylor won at Pebble Beach with an M2 driver as well. So uh, it's uh, pretty funny, isn't it? And my final this week, my what, guys, Rory McIlroy. Are you kidding me? You know, I don't want to be the guy to say, oh, I told you so. But actually, I do want to be the guy. I love saying I told you so. And I know didn't necessarily say I told you so. But over the last six months, everybody has been kind of parading Rory around on a throne and walking him through the village as the villagers throw roses at him. And I've kind of been saying, hold on a second here. He's the number one player in the world. And he's playing for things other than consistency and world ranking points. He's playing for wins and majors. And during this stretch of top fives, he, you know, he's only won once. Well, more problems again on the weekend. His scoring average on Sundays is dismal. 41 on the front nine at the Fed, uh, this week, excuse me, at Colonial. That's right, 41 for a final round 74. Are you kidding me? He didn't just back up. He went into reverse in full gear. Rory has some issues on Sunday. We need to keep our eye on this. This needs to be fixed before we get to the majors and the playoffs come August. All right, Adam, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Before I get into my three-dub, I did have the coffee, and my calves are activated. So now I'm ready for my three-dub. Graham Dillette is my winner this week. You might think, why is Graham Dillette your winner? He's not really playing uh, a lot of golf right now. But he tweeted, working on my return to the PGA Tour with a photo of his face photoshopped on a very big uh, bodybuilder's uh, body and tagging <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau. And Bryson <laughs> responded saying with, with, a, with a crying laughter emoji and said, go bigger. So good for Graham Dillette showing his personality uh, with this tweet and hope to see Graham uh, back on the PGA Tour very soon. My weird this week, a weird way that the PGA Tour event at the Charles Schwab Challenge ended this week in terms of lipouts. Xander Shoffley, 17th hole, Two and a half feet, maybe three feet, and he obviously hit the ball a little too hard, hoping to get hit to it the middle of the cup and bounce in. But that thing horseshoed nearly all the way around the hole, coming out the other way. And then, of course, in the playoff, Colin Morikawa, another vicious lip out. It looked like on the camera angle that that they uh, that they showed, he might have pushed it slightly. But Mark, what a weird way for a PGA Tour event to end with a couple lip outs. Yeah, it was hard to watch. Uh, I thought Xander actually put a good stroke on it. I thought he was uh, very uh, solid with the putter uh, most of the week. Morikawa, the last two putts at him, those, he waved at those. That You could read the label as the shaft was going by. That w- those were waved strokes. You don't want to see those.
And it looked like Morikawa was standing over the ball a little longer than he normally would uh, earlier in, in the round as well. My what this week, what a run this has been for Sung J.M. Sunday at the Charles Schwab Challenge marked the 11th straight PGA Tour round beating the field average. The streak began during the second round of the Honda Classic, which he went on to win, of course, in a duel over Canadian Mackenzie Hughes. This includes weekend rounds of 74-73 during the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. You you guys remember how difficult the golf course played that weekend when Terrell Hatton went on to win four rounds in the 60s at Colonial and Bob pretty impressive during this run Sung J.M. is averaging over three strokes better than the field per round and he still doesn't have a house to call home in the United <laughs> States which it. is like the strangest thing right I mean I don't know that's the biggest question I wonder I wonder where the heck he stayed during the uh the quarantine yep it's a, he is a golf nomad, just wandering the land, playing golf from one day's in to the next. My gut tells me Sanjay's a budget. He can do better than days in. And just, you know, maybe if it was me out there, I might be days inning it. I don't know. On the other side, gents, we're going to put a bow on today's show, get you caught up with all things GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Well, welcome back to the show as we put a bow on it. want to thank my friends at Woodington Lake Golf Club for having me up today here on location on another perfect day to play golf. The co golf course looks spectacular. Haven't seen the legacy with my own eyes yet, but uh, I've been staring at this 18th hole and uh, seen the Legends course on the way in and did a little walkabout and a, a little pokeroo. It looks absolutely fantastic, and uh, they are having a wonderful spring. The patio is open uh, check them out online, Woodington Lake Golf Club, and uh, come for dinner, come for golf, come for Father's Day. Uh, they've had incredible success so far this year, and I love to see all the good news and all the wonderful momentum, Bob, in the world of golf. Uh, right now, you've got to be feeling it. I know, I'm guessing, uh, Weston, your club is full and people are out playing golf. Lots of people playing golf everywhere I've talked to, all the pros I've talked to, managers I've talked to, they're just talking about how jammed the courses are. In some cases, <laughs> almost in a way where you have to kind of react with different rules and regulations. Some places, I know, limiting the number of rounds you can play in a week, obviously, a lot of places with no guest play. And the other thing that I've heard is, I, I haven't heard of one golf course that's in bad shape. Every course I've, I've talked to, they've just absolute pristine conditions, even with all that play. Yeah, wonderful news, all good news, great weather. I love the fact that uh, 
the golf community is thriving. Uh, little silver linings in a weird time in history. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues this week. The only way you can win, follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. That is Twitter. That is Instagram, at Golf Talk Canada. This week, you have a chance to win Bob Weeks' driver. Well, not actually his driver that we're going to yank out of his bag because he wouldn't give it up anyway. Bob's hitting no. it too well. He's already said he's hitting it too well. But you can hit the Sim Max driver from TaylorMade. They've got a sprinkle of Sim Max on the PGA Tour, and they've got a sprinkle of Sim on the PGA Tour, uh, both models being used by the world's best players this week. It's the Sim Max. Follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada for your chance to win. We will unveil the winner this Saturday as 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues as we give away close to 20,000 in prizing throughout the entire summer on Golf Talk Canada. Tomorrow afternoon, our video podcast drops every Wednesday afternoon. TSN.ca is the home of the Golf Talk Canada video podcast as we break down fine-tooth comb of what went down at Colonial this week, FedEx Cup impl- implications, as well as take a look at the Canadians in the field this week at the RBC Heritage. We are back Thursday, 12 to 2, right here, TSN 1050 in the iHeartRadio app, as well as online at tsn.ca. Golf Talk Canada Thursdays and Tuesdays continue throughout the summer in the Leafs lunchtime slot, 12 to 2. And of course, Saturday, we'll never go away Saturday, 50 weeks a year on the TSN radio network, coast to coast. It is Golf Talk Canada Radio, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. ET, continuing this Saturday. And don't forget, the home of PGA Tour Golf is now for the weekend action the TSN and CTV2 combo. So CTV2 and TSN, your coverage of all PGA Tour golf, Saturdays and Sundays throughout the remainder of the year until we hand out a FedEx Cup. And of course, that includes this week for the RBC Heritage. And if you're sitting around TV this afternoon, 3.30, TSN1, Off the Hosel, Episode 3. Guys, thanks so much. Have a great day to you out there in Radioland. Thank you so much for listening. We're back Thursday. Remember, first good decision in the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.